if I could always boil down the, the science of success, there's really just a few habits that, that really create that pattern for you to be able to achieve anything you want. And oftentimes people allow that, that doubt to creep in. Like self, like, I don't know, can I really build a multi-million dollar company? Can I, can I really buy a house at the beach? Can I really do this? Well, why don't you take a look back at all of the things that you've done in your life, all of the things that you have overcome, all of the things that you thought were going to cripple you, that you thought were going to make you go bankrupt and, and look at where you are now, that you're still standing. And, and write, I always say, take a sheet of paper, write all those things down so that when you have that doubt creep in and you don't believe in your own abilities, you can pull out that sheet and remember who the hell you are. Because if you got through all that, whatever this next thing is, you have the proof that you're going to go through this next thing too. Are you ready to decide it's your turn to live your most purposeful, profitable, passionate life? I'm Christina LeCure, former professional golfer turned confidence and success coach. I truly believe every one of us was put here for a God-given purpose, and it is our responsibility to live that fully. For well over a decade now, I've been turning my life as well as countless others around from feeling unworthy, incompetent, and without a purpose to living a life I cannot wait to wake up for, even on days when shit hits the fan. And it all started with a decision. Yeah, you heard that right. I said God and shit in the same sentence. So clearly this won't be your typical podcast, but what I can assure you is that each week myself and my guests are going to enlighten you, fire you up, and having you walk away with stories and strategies to not only boost your confidence, but give you hope that at any moment in time, you have the power to decide it's your turn. Hey, y'all, welcome back to the Decide It's Your Turn podcast. I'm very excited for today's guest. Candy Valentino joins the show. Her new book, Generation Wealth, comes out this fall, but you may know her from Instagram and TikTok, where she's got millions of likes and views and followers and all the things because she gives you real, tangible advice on business. She's been in business for over 24 years. She started her first business before she could drink alcohol. She is a nonprofit founder and a real estate investor. And today we talk everything about building wealth. And you guys are going to take so many tangibles away from today's podcast. Y'all, I'm so excited for today's episode. My girlfriend, Candy Valentino, joins me on the show today. And we're going to talk all about building wealth. And building wealth no matter what stage that you're at. And Candy has a new book coming out called Generation Wealth that is coming out later this year. If you do not follow her, if you're interested in anything that has to do with any type of wealth, building businesses, scaling businesses, you absolutely must follow her on uh, Instagram, TikTok, all the things. She is someone I look at every single day. My husband, Nathan, is obsessed with her as well. Candy, thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure. It really is. We've been talking 22 minutes without hitting record. <laughs> and I was finally like, you have to go. So we have to, we have to add some value to the audience today. But I'd love for you to introduce yourself, give everyone a quick bio on, you know, how you got to this place that you are today. And then we can kind of dive in. Yeah, of course. So um, a lot of people see me now in like this version of myself, but really what it took to get here was just doing a lot of very ordinary things over time and doing them decently well. I always say there's nothing special about what I did. There's nothing unique about what I did. It's just doing a lot of kind of boring things and playing the long game. And I really think that that is the one thing, the one differentiator about no matter where it is you are right now in your life, in your business, in your health, in your, in your financial situation, that if you're committed to playing the long game, that you're going to be able to accomplish whatever goal you're after. So 
I started out um, obviously born, you know, really poor, two teenage parents. My mom was 16 and 19 when they found out they were going to be having me. Grew up in a trailer in a really smart, small town, uh, was abused as a child and just really wanted something different for my life. So rather than going to college, even though my parents had never gone to college or anybody in my family had even a high school diploma, I just started to start, decided to start a business because I had a unique experience. Even though there was challenge in there, there was a unique experience because my dad was a self-taught mechanic and he had a small little garage also in this small little town. And instead of doing sports or dance or anything else that most kids would do, I got dropped off at my dad's garage from the time I was in kindergarten until I was 16. So I was learning how to interact with clients, how to answer the phone, how to type on a typewriter because I'm that old. <laughs> like A lot of the things that were very practical. So going in at 19, walking into a small business associate, an SBA office to get a loan with a briefcase in a suit and a business plan, even though everyone said I was crazy, I still had the confidence that if somebody else can do it, why can't I? And that, that, one, that one idea, that one thought of if somebody else can do this, if the path has already been paved and all I need to do is just have enough courage to walk down it, then we can literally accomplish anything that we want. Mm-hmm. And so that's a little bit about how I got from there to here. Oh my gosh. It's so good. There was a few things that you said that I just believe and preach every single day. Number one, it's the long game. 110%. It is everything with the long game. You can't lose if you don't quit. Like you just have to keep going. I had Jamie Johnson, country singer on my podcast. And he said, um, if quitting isn't an option, everything else is. And that's been one line that's always stuck with me. So I love the fact that you said too, that, you know, as a kid, you were dropped off at your dad's garage. You know, it, it made me think my, even though I came from a, a fantastic family, but my parents um, owned their own business. They owned a golf course. And since I was literally in diapers, I had have interacted with adults. I remember like I I wasn't fantastic at school. I, I've always just been really good at working hard. I don't think I'm good at anything. I think I just work harder than most people. But I remember like knowing how to add really well above you know kids my own age. Why? Because I was taking money and I was giving yes. people change. Yes. <laughs> All of the things, human connection. I called myself for years on the golf course. I called myself a human connection expert because I really don't know what else I was really doing. I just did that really well. <laughs> yeah. um, what was your first job? I'm so curious. Oh my, well, I feel like my first job was from the time I was five till I was 16 in my dad's garage. Cause it was every day after school on weekends, I would go on toes with him and, you know, plowing parking lots in the middle of the night and all of that stuff. My first actual job, aside from babysitting and yeah. Um, there was actually a golf, a golf course, which is, is interesting for you. There was a golf course that got built around the, ha- the little trailer that I grew up in. So it was kind of ironic. You had these like a trailer, a really tiny house, another house. And then this golf course bought all of this farmland around and the golfers would hit their balls and it would go in our yard. So before I mowed grass on Saturdays, I had to go out and clean all the golf balls up because otherwise I hit one once and it hit the neighbor's window (laughs) and I would put them in egg cartons and take them back and sell them to the guys. And this was my lesson of supply and demand because I had Titleists and Callaways and Wilsons and I didn't know the difference because nobody golfed, but I would every single Saturday be there selling them back. And all of a sudden my Titleists and my Callaways were gone but I could never get rid of Wilson's. (laughs) So I was like, okay, well, we'll just take the price up. So that was kind of my exposure between that. But my first actual job when I was 16 was at Chick-fil-A. That was my first job because my two of my friends worked there. And that was just like where you did because you could do mall hours and 
that was the very first job that I had like on the books. Oh my gosh. So you and I had the exact same very first job. I sold those golf balls back to my dad. I swear to God, I was like literally up to mud. I got stuck in the mud one time. My brothers had to go run home because I was stuck in the mud trying to get the balls out of the mud because I was like, I know my dad's going to pay me 50 cents for this ball. And right. he sold it for a dollar. So yeah, that is so crazy. Oh my gosh. So when you came up with the business plan at 19, what was the business? And obviously you guys, this isn't like a story about candy. This is like you really understanding that if you have an idea, there's always a way to yes. So what was the first idea? So the first idea was, you know, really small town. I was in New York and I had seen these like salon and spas where they do massages and all these things. And there was nothing like that where I was from. And yet they were packed with all of these just these women that I had aspired to be like, even when I was eight, I was like, wow, the way that she carried herself, the way that she dressed, the way that she spoke and like made everybody feel good. And I remember thinking, wow, like whatever that is, I want some of that. And so I came back and just decided to start a spa in the middle of nowhere. Low did I know that it was literally going to become like a, a magnet place that everybody would come to from all over because the closest one was like an hour and a half away. But I really understood the market need first. You know, a lot of times people just jump into business and they try to figure it out. And there's so much that has to happen in that way, right? We have to know what we want and be okay with the how surfacing as we go down that path. Because if you always wait for the how to be clear, you'll never take the first step. You got to take the first step anyways and allow the how to come with you as you go down that path. And so for me, I knew what the what was. I knew that I wanted to build this incredible company. I knew that I wanted to exit by the time I was 40 and be done because I'd watched my dad be self-employed. I watched him. He didn't create a business. He created a job. And if you are not intentionally building a business right now, you are going to accidentally create yourself a job. And so seeing that framework of what he did, I wanted to do something different and build something. I started with seven employees right out of the gate. My SBA loan had a six week run rate in order for me to like get everything and be profitable to like make it happen. But really what it does is it just goes to show that if, if you take a few steps in the right direction and you trust the process and just trust in your ability to figure it out, that no matter how big this next goal is for you, that you will find your own way. It may not be the exact way that you think it's going to happen, but if you just continue to trust the process and move forward, eventually you're going to get there. Yes. I like that so much. It's actually, you know, I told you before we kind of came on because obviously we don't know each other at time, but like the whole premise of everything I believe in is decision, faith, and action. And those are the, basically the three things that you just said. You made the decision that this was what you were going to do. You took a ton of action. You kept showing up to that. And then the how part, you, you didn't know how, for me, that's the faith part. That's me leaning into, I have no idea how this is going to work, but I know that if I've made the decision and there's no other option and I keep taking action, the path is going to present itself 110%. Yeah. And the decision part, the choosing, like making the choice is so incredibly important because if you waffle, if you're not hundred percent in, if you are not, okay, this is going to happen no matter what, and I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to take the next steps. The very first inconvenience that comes into your life is going to derail you from that path. But if you really focus on, no, this is a decision and I expect this of myself, I always say expect more of yourself and less of others. Because if we expect more and demand more of ourselves, it is amazing what we can accomplish. When I look back at, you know, that was the first business. I also did product manufacturing and built um, e-com and retail and mall kiosks and a nonprofit and, you know, real estate investing. And I always say there's, there's 
absolutely nothing. I'm like you said, I'm not, I'm not the smartest. I'm not the most talented. Um, I, I hired people that were far smarter and far more talented than I was, but I was the most committed. I was the most relentless. I was the one that persevered no matter what the challenge. And I was always the one willing to find the solution when everybody else wanted to stop. And if I did anything right along my path, that's really it. It's just that one habit that was just willing to just go forward no matter what and trust that I'm not going to know all the answers, but I'm going to figure it out. So I think that's really, that's, if I could always boil down the, the science of success, there's really just a few habits that, that really create that pattern for you to be able to achieve anything you want. And oftentimes people allow that, that doubt to creep in. Like self, like, I don't know, can I really build a multi-million dollar company? Can I, can I really buy a house at the beach? Can I really do this? Well, why don't you take a look back at all of the things that you've done in your life? All of the things that you have overcome, all of the things that you thought were going to cripple you, that you thought were going to make you go bankrupt and, and look at where you are now that you're still standing and, and write, I always say, take a sheet of paper, write all those things down. So that when you have that doubt creep in and you don't believe in your own abilities, you can pull out that sheet and remember who the hell you are. Because if you got through all that, whatever this next thing is, you have the proof that you're going to go through this next thing too. So many good moments there, you guys. Like hit that back button and listen to that again and again and again. I do that with my clients all the time. I call it um, uh, the win sheet. I make them do like all of their wins because, and then also too, I make them screenshot certain things and put it, and I do this for myself too, because on those days that you feel like you're failing, those days that you feel like it's not going to work, those days that you feel like you just want to cry and give up, you go back to that sheet. You go back to that, like the screenshots, you go back to all of those things and you go, you know what? I've actually done some really good things and I didn't quit when I thought everything was going to come to a crumbling halt however many years ago or whatever it is I just come back to those things because yeah. you're gonna have those moments but I love what you said there about like you're just the person who just figured it out like and and the decision part is so like you know I, I don't pat myself on the back but like the decision deciding it's your turn just decision in general everyone uses the word decision but like unless you're a hundred and ten percent like decided you haven't made a decision because like when there is no other option like burn yeah. the bloody bridge get like there's no other thing you will succeed and that's exactly what you said like that's what you've just done over and over and over again and now you know you're an eight figure earner and all the businesses and done all the things and like i think everyone looks at you and just think and and obviously you're extremely good looking you're successful you have all these things it's easy people go it's oh it was easy for her i love the fact that you told us about your upbringing i love the fact that you told us like ah uh, no sorry sister like this isn't, this just didn't happen. I just decided it every single day. Every day. It was, it's a conscious choice. It's a conscious choice, a conscious effort, every single thing that we decide. And it's also attaching a lot of leverage. I think a lot of times when we waffle, it's because the leverage that we need in order to do this next big thing, we haven't intensified it enough. Sometimes your, your circumstances define your leverage, right? Super poor, bad environment. That was my leverage to change another life. What actually to change my life and to get to another level. But what's actually harder is when you're at a certain place in your life and you're making the money, you have the things. What's actually harder is to create leverage to go to the next level. And how do you, because you don't have the poverty anymore, right? You don't have the, like, you're not trying to flee from something. You're trying to create the next. And I feel that that's the one thing that's really tough for people to do when they when they already have some level of success and what that is to all of us is something different. But I think it's really important to go back to what is your leverage? Do you want to show your kids what's possible? 
Do you want to make a, a massive contribution to charity? That that was my one of my leverage points. Um, right around 25, I, I bought a commercial building. I was doing a lot of real estate investing at the time. And I just wanted to buy this whole street. Don't know why. I just decided I wanted to buy the whole street. And there was a there was a commercial building at the end of it. And I bought it. And I had it for about a year and didn't do a thing to it. And I was driving by it. And I was like, what am I going to do with that building? And it was like a voice, just like I'm talking, said to me, put your animal shelter there. And prior to that moment, I never consciously had a thought about starting a nonprofit. But I always had a heart to give back. And so this was my opportunity to create massive leverage in my life because now I attached myself to something beyond myself. And when you can attach yourself to something beyond yourself, to something that you're contributing to, your focus gets so clear that now that becomes your next level. Because anytime we can look outside of ourselves and attach our, our, our goal, our vision, our dream to something or someone else, it becomes that much more important. So if maybe it's not a bad situation that you're trying to get out of your, for your listeners, but maybe it's just something that you need to, to just get a new, new leverage point for. And, and that could be your kids. It could be a relationship. It could be trying to create generational wealth for your family. It could be contributing to a cause that you believe in, uh, which is what I've done. And so for the last 16, 16 years, we've you know rescued thousands of animals and developed programs for at-risk youth, kids that are in the foster system or kids that have been abused. Oh, wow. That's so incredible. I just think it's really cool too. like such a God moment. You didn't know what you were going to do with that building. And then just one day it was just like clear as day. Clear as day. And I always say too, that like, you know, that moment prior to that point, I kind of felt like, okay, I did this. I did this, but there was a shift when I attached myself to something beyond myself. And I really just wanted to give and contribute. Oh my gosh. The, the doors opened. I always said this was not my doing. I was just the, I was the person that it was delivered through to make it happen. The doors open, people contributed. Like I had concrete poured for free. The attorney fee, like everything that did that to create the organization, it just came from all of those years of building relationships with my investments, with the businesses, with clients, and was able to call on all those. And we made this really amazing, beautiful thing happen. And the community really rallied together. But I always say that, that wasn't me. There, there was so many relationships, grants that I got, like just amazing things that happened and still continue to happen for the nonprofit. And I, I was just a vehicle that, that made it, made it happen. But I, that was truly God's work. That's so cool. And I think it's neat too, how you were willing to do something before you even knew the why behind it. I think so many people stop themselves from doing something and like, you know, perhaps getting that building because you're like, well, I don't have a clear reason on why I'm getting it, but it was just like something that you did, something that you acquired. And then the why presented itself after. I think a lot of people stop themselves, whether it's this building or starting a business or, you know, changing their life or getting in the relationship, losing weight, whatever it is, it doesn't really matter. I think a lot of people feel like they have to have the clear why beforehand rather than just doing the thing because like you talked about earlier, you know, habits are so important. I think often the times the things that I do the best is help people reprogram patterns and habits because you grew up in a situation where I'm assuming your patterns and habits were not something that they are today. And you've had to reprogram them for years and years and years. And I think a lot of people get stuck in that. And the best thing you can possibly do is reprogram those patterns and habits to serve who you are now and serve who you are today. And I think, you know, buying the building before even the why is, is most people would never have done that. And it's, it's interesting though, if you do, if you do, if you acknowledge it, I always call it not to go super like, 
you know, woo, because I'm certainly not all woo, but, but there is a part, part of my life that I always said, like, everything I've done was just me listening Amen. to that voice, that guidance, that, that, that thing you have inside of you, that nudge that you know. And then what we do is our brain kicks in and says, oh, well, wait, what am I going to do with that building? Well, okay, what if that doesn't work out? Well, what if, you know, nobody helps me do the nonprofit? Or what if I can't write that book? Or, you know, what if I can't start the business in our brain? But if you just, I call it the pause. If you go one half of one second, right before your brain kicks in, and you just listen to whatever that nudge was, that small voice is the one that's trying to get through to you. Oftentimes we listen to the louder voice of our brain that's really just trying to protect us from fear. So our brain's wired to protect us from, you know, fear and from, from death, right? All of the horrible things that can happen. Our heart is trying to guide us in the right direction. Our soul, that, that internal voice. So as now that I'm in my 40s, I've every single painful moment that I've had in my life, aside from people have done to me, but any bad mistake that I've made in my life is all because I ignored that. I rationalized the situation. I rationalized the behavior. I thought, well, it's not that bad, but the instinct was always there. I just chose not to listen. So what is it in your life as your audience is listening? What is it that as soon as I said that, I guarantee you 90%, immediately our brains think of something that we've had a gut instinct on but we've squashed it, we've suppressed it, we haven't taken the step forward because we either don't have the confidence in it or we just haven't taken the action because of whatever the reason is. We think it's fear, people are gonna talk about us, whatever. What is that one thing that you've been ignoring? Every single time I have taken a step, complete fear, have no clue how it's gonna turn out, it's been the most beautiful experience of my life. When I, one, after the exit of my, my last company, I wanted to move to Arizona, I knew no one, not a soul. I didn't know a single person here. I had a beautiful relationship with, with Anthony in, in Pennsylvania. I didn't want to leave that, but I knew that I was being called to move across the country where I didn't know nobody. It made absolute no, no sense to me, but I also know at this stage in my life that I got to listen or things are going to get bad. <laughs> so now I listen to the nudges so that I don't need the two by four. So what in your life has been nudging you so that you can avoid the two by four? And if you, if you have the discernment to figure that out, oh my gosh, guys, life will be so much easier. Oh my God, mic drop a hundred freaking percent. Like a hundred percent. I say all the time, like as a coach, I feel like I do nothing. My job as a, as a good coach, I think is to help you give, get clarity on what you already have inside of you right? Like it's already inside of you. Everything that you need is already there. Your job is just to listen to it. And I think so many people from such a young age, I mean, we were, we're taught that like society teaches us not to listen to our truest, most authentic self. Hey, y'all, it's Christina. I just wanted to jump in here real quick. On a recent podcast, I mentioned that I have been on over 100 free discovery calls over the last year, and I want to do the exact same thing in 2022. People often wonder, well, what do I get out of these calls? Men and women from around the world who are jumping on these calls are walking away from the calls with more clarity, figuring out the mindset block that's stopping them from feeling really confident to make more money, feel fulfilled, and know what next step they have to take in order to decide it's their turn. So if you've ever thought about jumping on one of these calls, I would absolutely love to talk to you. So feel free to send me a text at 501 501- 222-3362. Text me the word call and we can book one of those calls or head over to the show notes and you've got a link to my website where you can book a free discovery call with me.
someone that you just had at your event, Ed Milet, he's fantastic with, you know, bringing on so many great guests. And uh, this past weekend, my husband and I were listening to Ed and Dr. Joe Dispenza. And there was just so many like aha moments throughout the whole thing. But something that made me think of you immediately was Ed had um, uh, Jeff Foxworthy, the comedian. Remember, do you know who I'm talking about? He had him on Yeah, he had him on a show and I was like, oh, I'll just listen to it or whatever. It was one of my favorite episodes with him. And he said very similar to what you did, which was the fact that he just believes that like it was a God gift. Like it was something that was just like, it's a natural talent. He's like, I hate to say it, but like, this is just something through me and your passion for your animal shelter and for what you do, it just came through you. And it, it worked for you because you were got, you were listening, you were paying attention. Too many people don't listen. And I, and I think the reason they don't listen is I, I always say there's two things. One, my greatest challenge of my life, my upbringing and what had happened to me was my greatest gift. 100%. And if we can look at pain and at trauma, once we're healed from it, if we can look back and see that was the greatest gift of my life, because I didn't have like my, my dad and I are super close, but like he wasn't around. I didn't have the direction. I didn't have a lot of guidance. I, it was kind of more about survival than intention, you know, when, and why, how couldn't it be when you have two teenage parents? Right. But for me, like I had to figure, I had to figure it out and I did. And so what happens is then you develop confidence that, well, if I got that on my own, if I can get through that on my own, if I can do this, well, then what can't I do? So then it becomes not, can you, it's because why can't you? Mm-hmm. And, but it is like a weight. It's like going into the gym. If you don't have that confidence or you don't have that belief, or you don't think that you too have gifts like Jeff Foxworthy, like we're talking about, you just haven't listened. You've been listening to too much external guidance, too much noise, too many opinions, too many thought leaders and podcasts too. Like sometimes you just have to turn off all of that and listen and ask yourself the right question. I ask myself five questions every day. What am I missing? I probably ask it three, three of the five. I'll say, what am I missing? What am I missing? What am I missing? I'll say, how can I do this easier? how is this going to work out to my best benefit? Because if you ask that question, sometimes you don't get what you want, but it's amazing when you ask it in that way, how can this work out to my best benefit? Maybe it's actually not what you were going after. You may get a totally different answer and then you've got to listen, right? Who can I, who can I serve? If you're ever in a moment of pain or struggle or challenge in your life, one question will completely change the complete perspective of your day, your life, whatever the situation is, is who can I serve? In 2018, um, one of the buildings that I had, which also had the spa in at the time, I had a fire in place. I had a seller for the property next door, caught fire in the middle of the night. And in just a matter of moments, you know, 30 employees, hundreds of clients that were all coming in, it was gone. And in that moment, I remember thinking, this was, this was me practicing the habit that I'm talking to you about. Because in the moment, I remember everybody freaking out and I was calm as calm could be. And I was like, all I remember saying was we need to go to the store and get water and donuts and coffee because I knew all of the firemen were there from four in the morning fighting it. And I was like, just, just take care of them. Just take. And by doing that, I had no time to process what was going on, which was the best gift to be able to serve someone else in that moment. And then when everybody left and everything was taken care of, all the cameras were gone. I was able to take a minute and say, what's next? Not what just happened. Not, oh my God, what? No, what is next? And I immediately was looking out for buildings so that I could put my team and my clients back to work because in brick and mortar, there's clocks ticking for you to lose market share. 
So it's always about who can you serve and what's next. Mm, that's so good. That is just, it shows exactly who you are. Like it really does. Obviously I know we don't know each other a ton, but like that shows exactly who you are. There's so many ways I could go, but I really want to make sure in the last few minutes, we give people some value. So one thing that you're really, really good at is building wealth and building success. So if you had three different people, let's say like my listeners, uh, they have an extra 10,000, 50,000, a hundred thousand, what would you do? And I've definitely put you on the spot here, but I know you're the best. So um, if I had an extra $10,000 to invest, to help me build wealth for the future, and help me do something, what would you do with a $10,000 investment, $50,000 investment, and $100,000 investment? So it depends on what also you have, right? Yeah. Um, so if you don't, if, if, not, if none of these people have a business, yeah. that needs to be the very first thing you start. Okay. Because if you don't at least build a business of some level or change your existing, this might not be possible, but it's always worth the conversation. If you're like, I don't want to build a business. I really like my job. Um, okay. Will your employer give you a 1099 and be a contractor instead of a W-2 employee? So you can start an LLC and put your 1099 contract money in your LLC, because here's what it does. It opens you up to all of the tax reduction strategies that are available to business owners, because the greatest expense of any person's life will always be taxes if they're not trying to utilize the strategies that are completely legal for people to use, because you're either paying tax on earned income, which is the most expensive, which is your W-2 income. You're, you're paying it on portfolio income which is like your um, E-Trade or your Fidelity accounts, or maybe like a big, big sort of like a real estate fund or passive income. So all of those are taxed differently. You have earned income, which is taxed the highest. You have, you have capital gains tax, which is a lot lower. So, and you get to take deductions in there. So my first step would be to these three people is if you don't have a business, how can we start one? So that rather you paying post-tax dollars for your car, your internet, your computer, your software, your printer, that we can use pre-tax dollars and, and actually take those as tax deductions off of your business. That would be first. The second is, I always say this is never a one-size-fits-all because you can have the $10,000 person that has $10,000 and they can be like an aggressive, I want to build wealth, I don't care what it is. And you can have a $100,000 per investor that they're just pretty conservative and they want to make sure that they don't lose. And so that whoever that type of person is, is how I would recommend. So my question would be is one, do you have a business? If not, do you want to start one? What could we do? Two would be, what is your risk tolerance? Like, exactly. are you, okay? I, I want to know that about you too. Cause my hut, like, I just think about like where I came from, which was like zero risk tolerance. And now, now I think about like my husband and his family, which is like, Let's, you know, my husband's smarter than, you know, probably uh, not smarter than his dad, but his dad is very risk tolerant and he is like middle line risk tolerant. Where do you stand on that? Doing what you do, I'm assuming it has to be pretty, pretty risky. Yeah, it's pretty high. Like yeah. I actually, I enjoy, <laughs> it's pretty high. I, love it. I, I actually enjoy, like, this is so funny. Like there could be whatever, a $200,000 house. And we know that if we put 50,000 in it, it is guaranteed we're going to sell it for you know, 300 and some, and I'm going to net 50 that I have no desire to do that. <laughs> you are my husband. Want, yes. I want the like 5 million that we got to put, you know, five in it and then sell it for 20. Like, you know, so I, that excites me now. Um, I, I was actually going to say, was that the way I've always been? But yes, it's the way I've always been. I mean, obviously when you start a business at 19 with seven employees and a six week run rate to make it work and you start a nonprofit and donate a building, like, I just think that that's what actually excites me because, because here's the thing. It, at the end of it all, it really depends on what is your end result? What is your end goal? 
this is what it boils down to. Every single thing that we're talking about is what do you want your life to be like? And let's reverse engineer how you build the wealth, how you build the business, how you build the family, how you, or not any of those things. Do you just want to have fun? Like whatever you want your life to look like, as long as you're clear on that vision and it's the right for you, it's not right or wrong because it's right for you. Let's reverse engineer that so that you get here because here's the most important part. At at some point, we're all going to leave this earth. And at some point, the cars, the houses, the money, the businesses, it doesn't matter. I mean, even the families that that you're going to be gone at some point. And even if you have kids, they're going to be here. My whole thing is that when I get to the end of my life and I go to where I hope I'm going, (laughs) that whoever I was created to be, that version that God saw that I was going to to become and what I was going to do while I was on this earth, if I do not meet that reflection, my life to me would have been a complete failure. So it's all about what stone can I kick? What person can I help? What charity can I bless? Like, what can I do? Like even this podcast, like the only reason I do podcasts, like it's the worst use of my time to be completely honest, but it's like, if there is one person that listened to this podcast and changed their life, which then made that ripple effect and a trajectory to change somebody else's life that then cures cancer or whatever, like that's how I look at every single thing I do. If there's one heart, one life, one soul that can be affected, then, then that makes it worth our time to do it. And so I think it's no matter if it's 10 or 50 or a hundred thousand, what is your end result? What's your goal? You want to give it to charity? Do you, do you want to double it? You know, do you want to get really risky? Because we have ways that we can do that for everyone, but it really boils down to what do you want? And until you have that clear vision for your life, you're always going to be wondering and guessing, and you're never going to have the confidence to just go freaking after whatever you want. And that's what I, my hope for everyone is, is just whatever it is, whatever you want your life to like. I feel like I'm just an example of whatever it is, you can do it because if a kid from a small town to two teenage parents that suffered abuse that, you know, my dad's a mechanic, my mom cleaned houses. Like if I can figure this shit out, you are way more talented and smart than I've ever been. I I guarantee you, you can figure it out too, but you have to have the faith to take the first step and not be clear on the how and keep moving forward. And eventually you'll get there. There is no more questions because that was absolutely (laughs) unbelievably perfect. I agree 110%. I'm here for it. Um, I usually ask a final question that's probably different than this one, but like, when did you get clear on what this mission was for you? I know for me, I had my like rock bottom moment at like 28 and I've said, and it's not like knock on wood, I definitely don't want to die tomorrow. But if I did, I feel like I'm in a really good place over the last probably five to 10 years that I'm like, you know what? I'm doing exactly what I want. I fucking love my life. I love what I get to do on this planet. I think I'm making a, a really cool impact where I'm here. And, you know, I think Ed Milet is the one who said, like, when I die, hopefully God shows me who I could become. And I'm really damn close to it. I know that, you know, 12 years ago, I wouldn't have been anywhere close. And I'm pretty damn close. I, I'm excited for what's to come, but I also am I'm glad that I'm getting closer every day. When did you get that clarity? I would say that probably around that 25 year old mark when I started that nonprofit. And it was, that's when I started to get clear that like, wow, my life is actually supposed to be so much more because of all the people and all the animals. And, you know, when you start to help a cause that's, that's bigger than you, life 
starts to make more sense and it has a greater meaning. And so that was really clear. And then I'd say about four years ago when I was super clear, I was, I was in a pretty toxic relationship, a horrible relationship. And I realized that like, this is not serving me. This is beyond serving me. Like, this is just not where I'm supposed to be. And I felt like by me not taking that bold step again, that I was going to leave so many stones unturned and that as hard as it was to, to leave a long relationship like that, I knew that I would have far more regret if I didn't. And these last four years have proven that as hard as it was, if I had to go through all of that 10 times to get where I am, freaking like bring it. I, I would be doing it today because it shows that you can design any life that you want, but you got to drop the excuses. You got to drop all of the reasons that you think you're not doing it. And you got to listen to that voice inside, listen to that nudge, take the first step and just decide. Amen. Candy, where can everyone find you and where can they get the book and where can they just like, I'm obsessed, they're obsessed. Where, where can we find all of the things? So TikTok and Instagram, TikTok's my biggest platform, Candy Valentino, or they can go to candyvalentino.com, get all the information about the book and all the stuff that we offer. Awesome. Thank you, lady. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Thank you all so much for joining me on today's episode of the Decide It's Your Turn podcast. If today's episode resonated with you at all, please share it with a friend. Also, head on over to iTunes. Leave us a five-star review and a comment. What is it that you want us to talk about that will help you realize that at any moment and any day, you too can decide it's your turn. I'm Christina Laguerre. I'll see you next time.